Worldview Update, bringing you closer to international news. 21 minutes after 6, good morning. In China yesterday, drilling began in a desert in the northwest region of Xinjiang. It's part of a plan to dig a hole that will be 11 kilometers deep. To put that in context, the deepest mine in the world, which is currently operating, is, as I'm sure you know, the Imponeng mine in Gauteng. It mines gold. It goes down four kilometers. So this is more than twice, nearly three times the depth of that mine. Chinese scientists say they hope to make new discoveries. Roland Henwood's a political scientist and commentator at the University of Pretoria. Roland, good morning. Good morning, Stephen. To drill down 11 kilometers into the earth, it's incredibly difficult. It's very expensive. It would be the second deepest hole in human history. What's in it for the Chinese? What drives this kind of project? What would people hope to get from this? I think there are two important issues at play. The first is the show of the technology and the ability to develop, use and deploy the technological requirements that you need to achieve this. Secondly, there's a very important political message that is going out, and that is that China is becoming a world leader or is projecting itself as a world leader and in some sense the world leader that is willing to explore in all dimensions that are open to exploration. Um, we know that China has a very ambitious space program that is unfolding at this stage, and they're very active in that context. And, and that, this is the opposite of that, going down into the um, deepest parts of the Earth to, yes, do exploration, scientific um, discoveries, and, and it's in the context of how this is being announced, it's a show of force, it's a show of capability. Is there also a race for new minerals, for new metals, um, you know, uh, when it comes to technology, whoever corners the, uh, corners the market and certain things can suddenly find themselves in a really good position? Well, there's always this happening and, and there's a lot of exploration going on everywhere in the world. Um, China is doing it in this context. It's a Chinese focus within China. So, yes, new minerals that may be discovered, that may be utilized. Um, and it's easier if you find that in your own territorial context because you control it. You don't have to buy and find markets or develop markets rather and spend a lot of money ensuring that you control that. So that is definitely going to be part of it. In the 1960s, uh, the United States gained many, many things from the space race. They gained the prestige of getting to the moon first after the Russians had taken a lead. They were able to use, transfer that into all sorts of scientific advancements. We wouldn't have solar panels if they didn't need solar panels on satellites in the 1970s, for example. Um, and also there was a sort of romance to it. Everybody knows who Neil Armstrong was. Is the race to sort of dig big holes and find out to understand the interior of the earth going to be anything like that? I don't think it'll ha- necessarily have the same sort of romance or maybe it just will, won't have as many good movies made about it. But there's certainly something to be gained from being the first to be able to do certain things by going down rather than up. Oh, yes. And I think the importance of this is not only the fact that you are doing this, but the way in which it is portrayed is going to be very important. The difficulty with this is it does not um, sit in the minds of people in the way that going to the moon did. And and going to the moon again is going to probably have a similar effect, um, depending on how it's communicated. And one must be very clear that the powers that engage in these kinds of exploratory 
procedures and, and ad adventures, I think one should call them, are not doing it only for the sake of finding something. They are doing it also to show their technological skills and it sends a message of control, of ability. And China is doing exactly the same. They're following very much the same recipe that you found. I think the big difference here is that this is done very much from a centralized perspective and from the perspective of the Chinese leadership, specifically um, President Xi. So it's very important for them to portray this in the context of the modern China, China the leading state in the world, China the state that is going to change the international order. And, and all this is, is couched in that context. It's not some engagement that is done by a private investment company. It's done officially. It's done by the state. And, and, and there's a lot of similarity between this and what President Kennedy did when, when he launched his um, space program as a state process and program in the U.S. So uh, what China can do, the U.S. can do, what the U.S. can do, China can do. They remind me of my children sometimes. Are we going to see the U.S. trying to compete? Unlikely. Um, I don't think the, there's a need for that from the U.S. at this stage. Um, it depends on what happens in terms of the manufacturing um, policies and the movement of manufacturing capability back to the U.S. because that's one of the important drives that we see moving manufacturing out of China by many of the biggest investors in China. Japan is taking the lead in this. And, and, and that might be triggering this kind of um, process, but unlikely to see that a copying of the Chinese model or, or exploration template by the US. They do it differently and they're involved in many different dimensions, not necessarily needing this. Thank you very much indeed. Roland Hendrud is a political scientist and commentator at the University of Pretoria.